Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Managing Editor Brendan Slaughter joined, as always, by recruiting analyst Jared Hallis and our Beaver's Edge subscriber this week, Jordan Post. Jordan, thank you so much for joining the Edge Podcast. It's great to have you on, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to be on here and talk a little uh, Beavs with you guys. Yeah, it's another edition of the Edge podcast. Jared and I are uh, continuing on our series of uh, having Beaver's Edge premium subscribers jump on to share their experiences, learn a little bit more about them and their uh, how they've come to be the legendary uh, subscribers that they are. So, Jordan, let's just kind of get to know you a little bit for those that maybe don't. Um, just kind of talk about your experience with uh, Beaver's Edge and becoming Jay Post. Yeah, so I guess kind of starting out as far as a, a Beavs fan go. So my brother, who is actually 16 years older than me, was a was a pitcher for Oregon State. So when I was a little kid, I grew up going to Oregon State baseball games. So that's kind of where my my love for Oregon State started. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to Oregon State. I played baseball at a, a small D3 school up in Tacoma, PLU. Uh, Pat Casey didn't need a 5'9 fat first baseman, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that's kind of where all the love for, for Oregon State came from. And uh, when I was looking to get more news, you know, it started out with with Beaver's Edge and really kind of diving into the recruiting side of things, which I had never you know, done on an Oregon State level, going through it as a, you know, a recruit for baseball is a little bit different than big time college football. So getting into that whole world is where I, uh, where this thing started. You kind of, you kind of mentioned that, uh, you know, getting into this, you know, when we had Hard Rock, our Hard Rock fan on, excuse me, last week, Steve Tolson, or two weeks ago, excuse me, you know, he kind of talked about how you and he and a couple others are kind of in the uh, this group chat, you guys talk all the time. Can you just talk kind of about the the friendships that have come, you know, as a po- as a result of constantly debating stuff on boards, getting to know people, meet people at tailgaters, and just how special that aspect of of it's been? Yeah, yeah. Steve, um, hard rock fan, and then Garrett, who is hail the flat tail. Uh, we have a group text that uh, it's every day we're talking. Not always, unfortunately, right now about beef stuff because there just really isn't <laughs> much news going on. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a friendship that uh, you know is great, and it came from Beaver's Edge um, first. You know, with Mike Singer kind of getting us all together, um, and then it kind of grew from there. But yeah, we go to the ta- to Steve's tailgater, which I mean, if if any subscriber hasn't been to it before, you got to stop by sometime. It's a great time. Uh, he's always going to take care of you. He's got drinks, he's got food, and just good conversations had. So what are, what are the qualifications for, for getting into that group message? Because I would imagine that, <laughs> that you're going to have a lot more fans inquire about, you know, getting in on all the fun whenever they hear this. Uh, well, the first thing is you, uh, you got to be okay with a little uh, – on PC talk, because uh, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of it. But I mean, just having a good time, talking about things, being open to conversations, uh, <laughs> not being uh, afraid to be criticized a little bit in your uh, your thoughts on different topics. But it's, it's, okay. it's okay. It's okay, Jordan. You can say that you, you guys are critiquing Jared and I in these discussions, too. It's, it's, it's all good. We know, we know what goes on. 
Eh, it's mostly singer. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, and all good fun. Uh, no, that's definitely a really cool camaraderie bit. You know, that's that's it's those kind of relationships uh, right now that are just super important. As you know, everyone's you know trying to you know get through this time that we're in right now. I got to ask Jordan, what have you been doing to kind of uh, what's kind of been on your docket? You know, we asked Steve a little bit what he's been doing with you know having some extra time on his hands. I think. Jared, he said he had like a couple uh, howdy doody chores around the house, did some modifications. Right, some projects. Yeah, read some books. What have you been up to, Jordan? How you been staying busy during this whole uh, no sports pandemic life? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still working from home. Um, so I've got that full time work going on. Um, but with projects, we took down a not uh, we hired someone to take down a 70 foot oak <laughs> in our backyard. Um, so since that's come down, it's been a lot of, uh, backyard work, you know, taking out other hedges that hadn't seen light in, in years that were dying. So it's, it's a whole project back there. That's going to take pretty much the whole year to complete. So that's been the biggest thing. And then uh, I think I've watched every show on Netflix by now. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite one though? Because this is an ongoing yeah. debate. Oh. Um, Recently, I've been watching, and I'm actually just finishing up The Last Kingdom. So that's one that probably most recently has been a good one for me. Believe it or not, I have not seen it. I don't know if you've uh, if you've caught on, or I know Brendan has. I'm not much of a TV watcher, and I've gotten <laughs> criticized for it. But uh, I definitely, I know there's some great shows on Netflix. I just got to find the time to watch them. <laughs> no, Jared, it's it's okay, man. You're just a little bit more down to earth than I am. I I, I wish I I could. I need to get off my uh, TV viewing habits. You know, I'll be writing something, just have something on as background noise all the time, man. I feel like I always trying to find something new to watch because I don't like to watch things necessarily over again. But uh, you know, back to looping back a little bit, Jordan. I know you are like you know you mentioned in your open a super big baseball guy and meaningful. You're a super big Oregon State baseball guy. How hey, 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 hey. Braves fan too, right? Yeah, Braves fan. Yeah, Braves. okay. Jared, I'll let you have your moment in the sun. Go ahead. <laughs> a little bit. No, I just, I, I remember we, talking about Braves baseball one time on, on the damn board with you. And yeah. uh, that definitely stood out to me. There's not, I mean, the Braves are obviously a, a storied franchise, but definitely, you know, didn't expect there to be, uh, you know, many fans out there on the West Coast. That's cool. Really cool. I got some weird favorite sports teams because like 1990, when I could first comprehend a, a favorite team, I picked all the teams that were good and that were on TV. <laughs> so I'm a, a Braves fan, a Buffalo Bills fan, and a Houston Rockets fan. Okay. Ooh, the last so. one, I don't know. The other two, <laughs> sure. I, I, I don't know about about them Rockets. but hey, uh, it, sounds no, like, I, it, it sounds like you went through a drought, you know, where all your teams weren't quite as good. But right now, you know, I think the Braves, the Rockets, and uh, who else should say the Bills? They're all kind of on an on a upward trend right now. So that's a, that's a good thing. Let's hope it continues. Yeah, well, how do you – I said, yeah, Jordan's got to be real excited having uh, one Isaiah Hodgins and one Jordan Poyer playing for his Buffalo <laughs> Bills together next season. You know he's uh, you know rubbing his hands together somewhere. But just come back to that, that thought, uh, Jordan, being the baseball guy that you are yeah. – how tough was it to see, you know, Beaver baseball get canceled this year and kind of what's your optimism, you know, heading into next year? I just kind of want to get your thoughts on uh, what next year's, you know, uh, squad could look like. And specifically, we talked about it with Steve a little bit. 
Uh, Kevin Abel coming back. I mean, regardless uh, of anything else, that's a huge coup that's going to put the Beavs in a solid spot next year. Yeah, that was a big deal, especially with Chamberlain going in the draft. So replacing, you know, him and his him as an ace this year with Abel, you know, you're not losing a whole lot. So, yeah, I, I definitely have some optimism for the team. The pitching is always going to be strong. Um, defense seems like it's going to be strong. Hitting is going to be, you know, <laughs> that's going to be the big question mark, which is definitely, which was definitely the problem for this year's shortened season. So being, there are a lot of older upperclassmen in the lineup that just unfortunately didn't get a whole lot of playing time with, you know, those studs, those first rounders mm-hmm. that were, <laughs> that were in the lineup for years. So those guys got to step up this next year. Um, but kind of a silver lining if there was ever going to be a year to have cut short it looked like it was going to be this one so um, yeah no that's a that's a great point just just kind of picking back off that a little bit you know I remember you know early in the year when we were having our conversations you know on the damn board with you and just you know PTV QB just about everyone that was on there that is super into the baseball there were some trends early in this Mitch Canham era that we saw you know and just about anyone that could read the statistics could see that was you know, significantly different from the cat from the Pat Casey errors. You know, the slow start they got off to, the fact that the season ended with a losing record, the fact that there were some times where you know we thought the small ball um, situation could have applied, and the Beavers didn't really. It looked like they were just kind of trying to figure out what Mitch Cannon was still wanting them to do. Do you think that kind of familiarity part and things will be smoother? You know, kind of uh, a year from now. Yeah, definitely. Having someone's system in there and mentality for more than a year is a big deal. I mean, with losing a legendary coach like Casey, even if Canham has a lot of the same attributes of how he coaches, it's different. And so getting another year of just time with the guys, even if it's over Skype or Zoom, just kind of reinforcing what his mentality is especially at the plate that's going to be a big deal um because casey's casey's big deal was always a see a lot of pitches get deep into counts get into the bullpens and with the new wave of baseball with the strikeouts being way up and launch angle and everything like that 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 mentality is very tough to do with kids these days just because that's not how they're taught growing up. So being in Canem system and having a little bit more of that understanding is going to be huge, I think. If you're just joining us here on the Edge podcast, managing editor Brendan Slaughter and recruiting analyst Jared Hallis joined by Oregon State Beavers Edge premium subscriber Jordan Post. Again, we appreciate Jordan jumping on here as we're recording this podcast on a lovely Monday, July 6th afternoon. Uh, Jordan, let's go ahead and switch gears a little bit. I just wanted to get your thoughts. It's a couple weeks old now, but it was something that Steve was extremely fired up about. Just kind of briefly touch on uh, the impact of the Beavers landing, you know, their top guy at running back, Jameer Collins, uh, a couple weeks ago. And you, um, you know, being a a big Beaver fan, how excited were you when you saw that news? And what do you think he can uh, bring to the fold when he gets to Corvallis? Yeah, that was an exciting time. And if you think Steve was excited on your podcast, he, uh, he tamed it down a little bit for that on the group text message. That was <laughs> he was pretty excited. 
Um, but yeah, that's huge getting the in-state guy, a four-star, well, depending on where you're looking, you know, right. but huge to just locally have that for other athletes, you know, not just this year, but for the coming years, especially, you know, with some of the Jefferson guys that are, that are coming through that system, um, seeing someone select the beeves over, you know, a, a ton of different offers. That's big. Um, and he's a different mold than a lot of the running backs that we currently have on, on the roster. You know, it, it seems like there for the last few years, we were looking at big running backs, um, kind of bruising types even, but you know, Jefferson has speed as well, but someone who's a little bit, a little bit smaller, a little bit more, you know, have a little bit more shake to them is a good thing. Uh, we've obviously seen at Oregon state, some smaller running backs have a lot of success with, with quiz and Evanson Bernard. And so, yeah, it, I, I really like the pickup. And just kind of adding on to that a little bit, obviously, obviously Collins is probably the, the, the headliner for this class to this point, but there's definitely been some other good guys, especially in-state guys that are, that have joined the fold as well. Kind of what are your thoughts on the whole class at this point? And uh, moving forward, who, who are some guys that you would like to see the Beavers land? Yeah, I mean, it's this year is definitely going to be a, a quality over quantity um, class. Sure. Because yeah, certainly. Guys. Um, so, yeah, we, it's been great seeing some of the the guys, you know, as far as Easton Mascarenas on there. That that was a big pickup. Obviously, it helped having his, Very big. his brother on the team. Um, but Buckles is a good building block on the, uh, on the O line. And so I think we got to, as we've seen a lot in the SEC and a lot of the other, uh, you know, highly ranked teams. And unfortunately the, uh, team there to the South, the, the O line is a big deal, um, controlling that line of scrimmage. So as far as someone I'd love to see, it would be Isaiah Glass. Um, I know here, Jared, you just put out something that we're facing even more of an uphill battle now a little bit with that recruitment, but yeah, definitely. You know, that, that's, that's someone that I would love to see in a Beaver uniform. Yeah. Glass is a, he's definitely a, a great prospect and as good as he already is, he's a guy that with his size, I think he's like six foot six, 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 seven, something like that. I mean, yeah. there's so much more room for him to add weight because a lot of people don't know this, but He's pretty. He's still pretty new to the offensive line position. He played tight end a lot growing up, and he was he was never like a super bulky guy. But uh, when he got to school and you know kind of figured out that he he wanted to to give himself the best shot of playing at the next level, him and his coaches went ahead and moved him to the O line. And it was only one. He's only has one season of experience right now, so he he's done some great things. And uh, I mean, he would be a, he would be a major pickup again. Like you said, they're facing more of an uphill battle with him as of now, seeing that uh, his, his father's alma mater has joined the picture. Yeah. But relationships, I think, conquer all things in recruiting, and I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. And uh, Oregon State's done a really great job building that relationship so far. So despite uh, despite the, the Arizona State Sun Devils jumping in, you know, it'll still be a still be a good battle. Yeah, and that's that's one question I had for you actually, Jared was just how different is this re recruiting cycle with not with a lot of these people not being able to get on campus? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy. And I'm, I, I'm hoping that you guys can't see the differences as far as like, you know, this time last year, maybe, well, I mean, it would be a dead period right now, but 
generally over the summer, it's really busy for visits and things like that, uh, particularly June. I know June last year, there's probably three commitments. Uh, and so I know it's a, it's, it's definitely different uh, as a writer. I'm hoping I'm trying to to make it for you guys where you can't tell as much uh, with, with there not being visits. You know, of course, they've implemented the virtual stuff, which that has been pretty crazy. And uh, I think you learn pretty quickly that same the same with official visits. If a kid does a virtual visit, it's a it's a priority kid for sure, and you you've definitely been able to, to pick up on some of those so far. Um, but overall, man, it's 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 been much 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 different. Something that just like the guys are having to, you know, me and Brennan are having to adapt to. But uh, you know, just thankful to to still be working, and uh, you know, hoping that this thing will get back as soon as possible and as safely as possible. For sure, yeah, you guys are doing a great job. In case you're just. Ch- <laughs> in case you're just checking in, uh, Jordan Post joining Jared Hallis and I here on the Edge podcast. Uh, Jordan, let's just uh, kind of keep the conversation rolling a little bit, kind of in the in the same arena. Uh, let's stick to football. I got to ask, you know, because it's a we're only a couple numbers in, but usually the Beavers Edge top 25 is always a little controversial. Do you agree with the first couple selections that have been on there, or have you had a couple eyebrows raised yet? Um. I would say that I thought Don't hold back. possibly. Yeah, I got to hear this. Higher. Don't hold back, Jay Post. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, we worked on this for a while. I'm curious. No, I I thought that Taijan could have been a little bit higher. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen, you know, zero or one through 20 yet. But with the previous relationship that he had with Jebbia, you know, you think he's going to take a massive leap forward. We hope that he takes a massive leap forward this year. Um, you know, just getting him in space with the ball is going to be a big deal. So I could have seen him be, you know, higher on the list for sure. Um, you know, Luke Musgrave is another one that we hope to take a, or hope to take a huge leap forward. You know, having a tight end that can be dominating would be a huge deal. Um, so yeah, I, I could see both those guys being higher, but there's nothing crazy out of the ordinary yet <laughs> <laughs> yet is the key thing that he says there Jared we'll see what happens when we get into the top 10 and things get uh, really aggressive but no I had to I just had to mention because I'm sure uh, you might have seen it by now but uh, uh, I got a uh, shout out to Cali Beave because he made the comparison today between Tyjon Lindsay's first season and James Rogers's first season and the numbers are undeniable how close they are that year that first year they were each in the system and the skill set and you know kind of body layout you know everything that kind of looks they're very similar built guys uh you know i you know i think that comparison might be might be fair yeah i would love to see the jet sweep used a little bit more again back like uh, rogers did yeah, the jet sweep is something that, it, you know, it, it's 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 something that basically after Oregon State had kind of brought it in in 2007, it became such a staple of college and spread offenses everywhere that I, I think we saw it go away a little bit. But now you look at what the Beavers have, and, and Jared, even you can speak on this too because they brought in several re- recruiting cycles. The Beavers sure. have been recruiting really, really fast receivers and guys that have speed. And, you know, you look at a guy like Tyjon Lindsay could be in a position to um, take some of those slide sweeps. A guy like Champs Flemings. Heck, even, you know, uh, um, 
Um, a guy like Trayvon Bradford, obviously, is most primed for it. And then, you know, you have some different options, you know, with uh, several running backs that could kind of enter that mixed sweep, too. And you got to look at what uh, Brian Lindgren's put together in between the speed of the skill position players. And now, as you mentioned, Jordan, having a tight end pairing of Tegan Quatoriano and Luke Musgrave. And then, you know, obviously, Jared and I know that, you know, that tight end room is going to get a lot bigger and a lot better with more time as neither one of those guys is going to graduate. And then Jake Overman and Tommy Spencer join the fold as well uh, heading into this year. Uh, the offense, there's a lot to like there, especially with the guys they brought in for the future. And talk about a dad that recruits. Overman's dad's all over Twitter. Yeah, you ain't lying. He's done a great <laughs> job. He sells the program very well. And just adding to Brendan's point, there's there's a lot of guys that came in with Overman in that 2020 class that, you know, as you mentioned, the speedy receivers. You got guys like Silas Bolden and, and Trevor Pope and guys like them. And Zariah. I mean, we can't forget about Zariah. He's an early enrollee. Yep. So it's easy to, to to forget when you're thinking about 2020 because he, he's been there for over a year now. But like – or sorry, not over a year, but, you know, six months, seven months, whatever. Uh, but, I mean, that guy. Talk about a, a guy that, you know, that was a big recruiting battle they won. He's a small guy. He's a speedster. Uh, and he's somebody who you definitely got to keep an eye on. He's had some time. Obviously, he got a short spring in. Great point. Uh, but definitely someone who, who you can keep an eye on moving forward. Yeah, and then the other guy that I didn't think of just off the top of my head that, you know, I, I've, I've talked up a lot, but only because the coaching staff talked him up a lot just in those two days of spring. I and that know was Trey Lowe. And that, and that was Trey Lowe. And what Trey Lowe was able to do just in those couple practices, the Washington transfer, played wide receiver very briefly at UW, and then, you know, now is listed as a running back. But offensive coordinator Brian Lindgren, you know, said, you know, kind of had a wry smile when he looked at the media and was like, we can use him just about anywhere. And when you have those, you know, multifaceted guys, multidimension guys, you know, you mentioned a guy like Trevor Pope, Silas Bolden. The Beavers are just going to have a lot of speed options. And, you know, with the old saying for both you guys, you can't coach speed. Speed kills too, man. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, just just when you look at it, uh, for either one of you guys, um, this recruiting cycle, I mean, do you think that that's been a priority for them is getting these, you know, maybe they're not going to get the biggest and strongest guys in the recruiting cycle, or maybe they can find some under-the-radar speed guys that, uh, you know, can light light the wheels up. I'll let you go ahead and answer that. I'll chime in afterwards. Yeah, I mean, getting dynamic athletes in space is what this is all about. You know, we're, as you see with our O-line recruiting, we're never going to get the biggest guys, especially coming right out of high school. So being able to have that speed and get on the edge is something that's that's going to be huge for the Beavs moving forward. I definitely, I mean, I 100% agree with, with that point. I think, uh, I mean, like he said, getting getting the guys who can get the ball in their hands, you know, quickly and uh, make plays for themselves, uh, you know, not too far out from the line of scrimmage. Those guys have definitely, uh, you know, you've seen them come into the program, as we've mentioned already uh, very recently, you know, and, you know, the past two, three years under the staff. But I want to see an emphasis. This is one thing that I really want to see you know, from them moving forward. I think they're doing a great job recruiting, but I, I want to see a big receiver come in, you know, a big six two and up guy who's going to go up and grab those deep balls and, and win those jump balls and stuff like that and i think they have definitely are, are emphasizing that this year but uh we'll, we'll have to see what happens 
I certainly think, and just to touch on uh, Jordan's Buffalo Bills, I think if Isaiah Hodgins is able to carve out a niche for himself at the professional level quickly, and there's more, you know, it's kind of one of those things right now where, you know, Brandon Cooks played a huge role in landing Zariah Beeson, right, and him yeah. coming to Oregon State. And that's because for the longest amount of time, you know, you turn on the TV in the last, you know, however many years, the most, one of the more elite NFL players that came out of this school recently was Brandon Cooks, obviously. And, you know, when you, you know, turn on Sunday Night Football and you hear Brandon Cooks, Oregon State, you know, that, that, that all gives those, you know, kids or, you know, uh, recruits actual proof in the pudding that here's where we can put guys. And I think back to when we talked to receivers coach Kefense Henson uh, um, on, on Zoom calls just uh, throughout, I believe it was like mid-April, and he was like, the doors will begin to open up for us now that we've proven we can put guys in the NFL. And the same went for Michael Petrie, you know, with having, you know, now Artavis Pierce in the NFL, along with, you know, Ryan Nall and some others that have made their way. So the more guys that get to that next level, it's, you know, easier to sell the program on being able to be like, we can take in guys, we've proven we can put them in the league, and here's their success. Totally agree. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be big having some of those guys pan out in the NFL. Obviously, you know, for for a while there in the, the mid-2000s, there was a good run of a lot of beeves in the NFL, and that, that number started to dwindle over the last few years. Um, but having a new crop in there and ones that, you know, have some big name recognition would be huge. Once again, here on the Edge podcast, Brendan Slaughter, managing editor, BeaversEdge.com, joined by recruiting analyst Jared Hallis and BeaversEdge.com premium subscriber Jordan Post. Jordan, we'll go ahead and start to wrap it up. I just got a basically a last kind of big picture question for you, and you know, just from your your expect or your uh, kind of uh, expectation, how optimistic are you that we'll see football in any kind of a a normal timeline and schedule and kind of what's your gut feeling for, uh, you know, how things are starting to um, uh, crystallize and come together. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough right now. If you would have asked me about a month ago, I was really optimistic that we were going to have a season just because there's so much money in college mm-hmm. football and it paying for basically the rest of the college sports. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But as time goes on, it's looking a little, uh, more and more bleak as far as at least having a full season. Um, you know, I'm hoping that at least there's some sort of, of partial season, whether it just be a full pack, you know, 12 schedule instead of having those non-league games. Um, you know, more and more people are throwing out the idea of having football be in the spring. Um, but I really hope we have some sort of season because, you know, as a lot of us are hoping and, you know, even expecting, I think this is a year where the Beavs can really turn the corner and uh, really to kind of kind of become a prominent team back in the Pac-12 instead of uh, where, unfortunately, we've been the last few years. Does it kind of seem to you, Jordan, and may- maybe it doesn't, and just to me it does. For me, when, you know, you said, you know, year three, it hit me into deja vu because I can remember the exact, you know, place, date, and time when Oregon State was, you know, in this same spot, the spring into summer, entering the year three of the Anderson regime. And a lot of the, you know, the hype was very similar, obviously very different circumstances, but same kind of thing where the first two years there was some positivity the year before, and then obviously the bottom fell out. We all know the history from there. 
but you know, just that, that it's crucial what happens in year three after you've laid ground, great groundwork on year one, year two. And that's where I agree with you that, you know, this year with what we see that the Beavers have on paper, on offense, defense, special teams, this looks like the year that it would be unreasonable to think they wouldn't have put themselves in a good position to be six wins or better. Yeah, for sure. And I think the big difference besides just Smith being a good coach uh, <laughs> amongst other things. Yeah. Amongst other things. <laughs> hey, we can um, all have a laugh, right? You got to yeah. laugh at the pain sometimes. It helps. It helps. I, I, sorry, I don't think GA's listening to this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, I almost cut you off and just said, don't say his name, but you know, I'll <laughs> let you go. My uh, apologies. <laughs> but I was going to say that the thing that gives me the most, you know, kind of optimism for this year's, is how they've filled their needs over the last two or three years and how the teams come together and the recruiting side of things, you know, going the JC route, you know, while those don't always pan out, that's instant depth. Whereas Anderson pretty much came in and flipped the script and ran out a lot of guys. Um, and that killed all the depth. You know, you had the team divided as far as who they followed and who they didn't um, and where their loyal loyalties, you know, were. And I think that really, as it showed out, corroded that team from the inside out, um, whereas this team seems very well um, bought into Smith and his system. And, you know, like I said, that recruiting side of things, filling those holes where where they needed to seems like they are built a lot better and longer for success than what Anderson had gone. No, most certainly. And that's the, the, the point that uh, I was, or the rather the, the humorous point I was making is just how quickly time, <laughs> how quickly time flies. And in this case, yeah. how thankfully time flies just because, you know, I can remember sitting in, in Valley football center that just, you know, whenever I think it was either, when Corey Hall was introduced or whenever the year was ended. And I was like, yeah, that was a pretty, pretty dark hour in Oregon state football. And to see now that, you know, and I was like, when, when is this you know team going to be putting themselves in a position where, you know, they're going to be competitive and don't get me wrong. It's, it's been, it's been a process. You know, there were some lopsided contests in Jonathan Smith's first year that, you know, the Beavers kind of had to slug through. And then we saw this last year, lots of progress be made. Uh, Jared, just kind of last thing for you from, you know, you've watched this team kind of build from afar um, and the way that rebuilds go, does this kind of seem like the natural progression is what's going to happen here in year three and make that step if they can get on the field and play football this year? Yeah, I think everybody's kind of got their own way of doing things. Uh, And, you know, a lot of coaches have different philosophies and stuff like that. But kind of as Jordan was saying, there's definitely a a great sense of unity and, uh, you know, pride now that maybe you didn't see before of course i wasn't around for the for the ga era um so i I, I don't know exactly yeah yeah you didn't miss much you're good yeah i don't know exactly what that looked like but i can tell just from again from the kind of outside looking in uh already that again you know there's there seems to be a a sense of pride and a a real will and desire to win i think last season even could have you could have seen you know if one or two more things you go their way you know, there's a there's a two, maybe even three game difference uh, in the win loss category. Um, it's just you're seeing a lot of improvements and very quickly as well. It's not like it's not like he came in and totally 
revamp the roster or anything like that. Of course, he's doing great work in the transfer portal as well. But overall, I mean, Jonathan Smith and the staff have, have you know, taken what they were given and they've made the absolute most out of it. And it's, it's been really it's been really fun to watch. And I, I love seeing how excited everybody gets, you know, even even in a five win season. The, the optimism for, for what's to come and the obvious signs of improvement is just really, really exciting to watch. Most certainly. And then, uh, again, just wrapping up here on the Edge podcast, last question for you, Jordan. Obviously, uh, the summer's been a little bit subdued and no one's really uh, got any big-scale trips planned, but do you have anything excited planned for the summer? Are you going to get out and go camping, go fishing, anything like that that uh, helps you get out of the house a little bit these days and uh, unwind? Yeah, luckily my wife's family has a uh, cabin on a lake in Montana, so we're set to go there. Oh my in a little gosh. Bit. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Give me an invite, my friend. I will be there. Hey, I don't even have to stay. My stepbrother lives in Montana. We'll just hang out. There you I don't go. even That's have to stay awesome. in the same place. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean – the backyard to the place is their dock. So it's, it's awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. And then going into the, going into the fall, got hunting over in Eastern Oregon. So there you go excited about that. And then other than that, dealing with a 16 month year old daughter. So uh, oh, any wow. way to keep her uh, entertained. You're staying busy, my friend. You're staying very busy. Yeah. Well, again, Jordan, we, we thank you so much for joining us here on the Edge podcast. Uh, hope to have you again soon and hope uh, uh, we were able to uh, make the experience uh, enjoyable for you. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, this was a great time. And uh, whoever hasn't been on this before and or maybe hasn't volunteered for it definitely should. I recommend it. It's a fun time. Uh, again, uh, go ahead and wrapping up the uh, Edge podcast for uh, Jordan Post and Jared Hallis. This is managing editor Brendan Slaughter. We thank Jordan for joining on the Edge podcast. Jared and I will be back here with another edition of the Edge podcast here in the next week or so. We'll get another Beaver's Edge subscriber on. And again, we're really, uh, really pleased to bring you this segment. Where we're able to connect you with those Beaver's Edge premium subscribers to learn a little bit more about their background. So again, big shout out to Jordan and then. Uh, thanks, as always, to my uh, awesome recruiting analyst, Jared Hallis, for joining on as well. So this is Brendan Slaughter signing off on this edition of the Edge Podcast.